Hi, hey, hello, and welcome to the first postseason episode ever of a Colts podcast brought to you by Sports Illustrated and Horseshoe Huddle. My name's Brandon, and I'm joined here by your co-host, my best friend, Andrew Moore. Still stinks. Still stings, buddy. How are you doing? How's your week been? Uh, we are two days, now three days, post Colts football 2021. It does not feel good. Doesn't feel great. I'd much rather be talking about the Colts going up against the Kansas City Chiefs or, or even like the Buffalo Bills, anybody besides this. But hey, we're officially into the off season. We're officially into draft season, officially into free agency season. It's it's a wild time. And from everything that we've been hearing this week, and obviously the whole episode today is going to be talking about what general manager Chris Ballard talked about today in his end of season presser. The the people over there at on West 56th Street at the Colts complex aren't happy and they're not going to stand and let this go by without changes being made. And I think there's going to be some pretty big changes that happen this offseason. Definitely hearing from Frank Reich, Jim Irsay, and then Chris Ballard today. Leadership isn't going to want, doesn't want this to happen again, nor should it. There really isn't an excuse. So big things this offseason for the Indianapolis Colts, and I'm excited to dive in about it. Yeah, uh, definitely some big things coming, I would say. Uh, Chris Ballard, not happy. Real quick, though, uh, first of all, make sure you go follow us uh, at a Colts podcast if you're new here. Uh, make sure to go follow us at a Colts podcast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, hit the like, the subscribe. Uh, we just got done with our biggest episode ever, Andrew. The saddest episode ever. <laughs> biggest episode ever. Uh, yeah, so we shout out, shout out to everybody that tuned in and shared. Your, shout out shared. to the people that share this show, but also yes, the people that. Uh, podcast youtube the show was was blowing up and i think i think colts fans are, are ready to talk about and and see what's going to happen next and our third member of the show i was as always will you not steal my thunder hey, hey matt be producer very sorry sometime. about uh your current situation uh producer brandon here uh not letting writer andrew take over the production here uh <laughs> we hope you feel better man we hope your test is negative uh, and we hope you, your wife, and your daughter are all okay. Very good job, Brandon. Gosh, I was producer there. Brandon. Why do you think I haven't put up what the episode's about yet? Why do you think <laughs> that is, Andrew? Gosh, give me a minute. Yeah, there are some overreactions to talk about. Probably Andrew might be one of them. Um, I might not be one of them. Uh, but a ton to talk about. Chris Ballard talked for sixty-six minutes today. Uh, the Colts didn't even release. Uh, the transcripts, uh, you know, because it was so long. So Andrew just pissing and moaning that he had to actually watch the video and get quotes from listening and doing an actual little, you know, a little bit of reporting. You're getting um, spoiled here. Yeah, he's been spoiled ball boy all year. Uh, let's start with this. Chris Ballard says, basically, in his exact quote, you know, we have still reeling from uh, the Jags' loss. Specifically said... I've got to get the poison out, and I haven't yet. Uh, so that was pretty telling. Andrew, what do you think about that? 
that's that's one hell of a quote. And I think I think pretty much everybody in the Colts organization is doing the same exact thing. I mean, I know last night for in the final episode of Hard Knocks, which was a very tough episode to watch. The, they showed DeForest Buckner and, and Darius Leonard meeting with their position coaches just on Monday. And, and, and they were so down about it. And, and they knew that everything was right there in front of them. And they just didn't get the job done. So, obviously, you know Chris Ballard, Frank Reich, Jim say all of them are still, are still fuming about this loss and about this collapse over the final two weeks of the year. And... The players are as well. The players know that they they didn't do their jobs. They know they messed up. They didn't perform to what they're what they're capable of. And and this is exactly what happened. You what I say almost every single episode lately is any team can win on any given weekend. And the Jaguars embarrassed the Indianapolis Colts on Sunday. It doesn't even matter that they were they were three and fourteen. Even if you're playing another team, uh, a playoff team, and you get beat twenty six to eleven like that, that's still that's still an ass whooping. You you can't you can't go into a game like that and expect to to beat anybody. And and because of that, things need to change. And this yeah. this 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 loss is going to stick with this Colts team for a while. And, and I really think it should. And it and and they should use it as fuel to not let this happen again. This wasn't even a Buffalo situation where they played better than the team and just didn't make a couple plays all all three phases, they just got obliterated and it just wasn't good enough. So I'm glad that this is still affecting him and it really should. They should use this as motivation all off season. So this never happens again to this team. And I mean, he should be upset about the loss of the Jags. Oh yeah. Um, And I mean, I, it comes up again in the middle of the press conference. I feel like the end, there was a moment where, I mean, he was I, so mad and upset. I mean, he had to take a second and gather himself again, showed a little of, of the emotion that he admitted to everybody. You know, you guys see me up there in the press box. You know I get emotional during these games. Uh, I thought for a second maybe we were going to see a tear out of Chris Ballard. He was so upset. But uh, he goes into, you know, the, 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 the next section, I guess we could say, and goes into the questions. Um, with a level head and says up front, we're going to take the next month and month and a half. We're not going to make any rash decisions. We're not going to do anything crazy. That's in regards to coaches. I'm sure players, a specific player for sure, uh, along with other decisions, but we can't get around. And I mean, this was such a big, are we done with the Jags? Can we please be done with the Jags? Okay. Let's be done with the Jags. Uh, you know, we can't get around the comments about Carson Wentz. I, I hadn't watched it by the time you had. You and the guys from Sports Illustrated Horseshoe Huddle are all already talking about how, oh, yeah, Carson's gone. Like, it's it's. I'd be shocked if he wasn't by the way Ballard was talking, yada, yada, yada. So I watched it with that uh, in mind. And uh, I was curious to see what you guys saw. I still didn't come out of it going, you know, my opinion was not, oh, he's gone. You seem to think otherwise. What did you think about uh, Baller's comment, comments on Wentz? I will say the one thing at this time, at the time, at the time, at the time, when we made the trade at the time, when we did this at the time, uh, what do you think about all this? It doesn't sound like I'll just be come out right there with it. It does not sound like Carson Wentz is going to be the quarterback of this team in 2022. I mean, you mentioned it, Brandon. 
Chris Ballard said at the time they felt this decision was the right decision and they don't regret it, but, but he has to be better. The passing game has to be better. I don't know how many times he said that throughout Throughout the press conference, the passing game has to be better. He said that that there needs to be stability at the quarterback position, and and they thought they had that until the end of the season. Just just the way he talked about Carson Wentz, and I think what what really stands out to me, and why I think that now it seems more than likely Carson Wentz won't be the starter for this team, or even on this team in twenty twenty two is just looking at the different ways that that Chris Ballard and Frank Reich have talked about the previous quarterbacks for this Colts team since they've been there. Uh, I mean, obviously, Andrew Luck is Andrew Luck. We don't need to kind of dive into that. But when you think about, like, Jacoby Brissett, even though Jacoby Brissett wasn't great by any means, and when you look at the advanced stats, Carson Wentz pretty much had one of the um, very close season to what Jacoby Brissett did a couple years ago. Yeah. But when they talked about Jacoby Brissett, they talked about how much he meant to the locker room, how much of a leader that he he was, um, how how big of an impact he had on this team. When they talked about Philip Rivers last year, Frank Wright came out and said it and said, as of right now, I want Philip Rivers to be my starting quarterback in yeah. 2021. And and Chris Ballard in his end of the year presser last year said that that we'd like to have Philip Rivers back. Yep. You don't hear that right now. Frank Reich, who who pushed to get Carson Wentz on this team last spring, he comes out and when he's asked, he says, "I'm not going to comment on who's going to be on the team and who's not." That's not, that's big. That's that's just not anything, especially when he vouches for Philip Rivers last year, says he wants him on the team, and it's just a complete 180 this year. I mean, he obviously doesn't throw Carson Wentz under the bus. That's not Frank Reich, and honestly, that's not a good what a good head coach does is throw his players under the bus to the media that's why some of the coaches we're going to talk about later why they're getting fired anyways but when you hear that and then you hear chris ballard say that he's not going to comment on anybody being here on the roster or, or not on the roster next year that that doesn't bode well and and i've got a specific quote here from chris ballard today about carson wentz that that i really want to share and it's it's just really telling. And I think it was about not only Carson's play style, but, but if he, to the, just the things that can he get better and can he be the long-term solution? So Chris Ballard said, let me find it here. Yeah. Chris Ballard was talking about like Carson, Carson, Carson did some good things. And there's a lot of things that he needs to do. Our passing game has to be better. And here it is. We'll look at everything. There's solutions. Sometimes they're not ideal, but there are solutions. Sometimes they're long-term. Sometimes they're not. When you're talking about that, that seems like Carson Wentz could have tried. They tried to make him the long-term solutions, but sometimes they're not. Yeah. Situations aren't ideal. Like if the Colts cut Carson Wentz, because you know, for a fact, Carson Wentz is not going to be traded this offseason. I don't care if Bill O'Brien becomes the GM of another <laughs> team. Carson Wentz isn't going to be traded. This Dude, how offseason. awesome would it be if Bill O'Brien got hired as the Texans head coach? Side note. Oh my gosh, I don't think he wants anything to do with that organization anymore. Nor nor, nor should anybody for that matter. But anyways, anyway, I'm sorry. Carson Wentz, there's no way he gets traded this offseason. And so what does that mean? If the Colts want to cut ties with him this offseason, there's a $15 million dead cap hit. So if Carson Wentz is cut, that means... 
fifteen million dollars is it's already guaranteed to Carson Wentz from the Colts. They can't use that fifteen million dollars to even though Carson's not on the team, they can't use that money to go out and sign another player. However, if they do cut Carson Wentz, it's a fifteen million dollar dead cap hit, but then the rest of his twenty eight million dollar salary, thirteen million, it gets added to the cap. So and here's another thing where Chris Bauer was talking about where the situations aren't ideal. He also talked about Mike blue, the Colts cap guy that really takes care of all that. It says we're in a very good situation and, and money and the cap wouldn't affect any of their decisions this off season. So what does that tell me? That tells me that the Colts don't give a damn that if they do cut Carson Wentz, it's going to be a $15 million cap hit. If they have, if that's what they have to do, they're going to do it. They're going to bite the bullet take it for this season, and then Carson Wentz is completely off the books, whether he is kept or he is cut for the 2023 season, he's completely off the books and for a guaranteed Did you money. just explain dead dead cap space? Did I black out? I did. Okay. I just did explain sure dead did. cap space. Listen, if anyone I'm, needs, if anyone needs me to, if anyone needs me to, to talk about that, just put it in the chat, but it just from from think from things that were said and and I tell you this every year I tell the listeners this every year in these end of season press conferences Chris Ballard will always leave little nuggets of what he's thinking what the team is thinking and the direction they're going to go that's why I think this is one of those nuggets they he wouldn't say these things if he didn't mean them in a certain way that's just how Chris Ballard is it's how he's been for 5 years now and I'll tell you Andrew has been damn near spot on uh, with a lot of his analysis on Chris Ballard pressers. I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying that Carson Wentz is gone, uh, but I'm telling you, uh, he's he's been pretty spot on with uh, these predictions in the past. Um, well, I'm not even saying, I'm not even guaranteeing that Carson no. Wentz is gone, but I think it's very likely that Carson Wentz is not the starting quarterback in 2022 for the Indianapolis Colts. And and what's uh, obviously this is probably a discussion for another time cuz we don't want to keep everybody here all night, but what sucks is there's just not very many other solutions out there and that's besides the Carson Wentz and that's a huge problem. I mean, the free agent market doesn't look great. Colts don't have a first round pick in the first place and even if they did, the quarterback group in this draft class isn't isn't near as good as in the past couple of years. There's just very limited options out there that you can go out there and replace Carson Wentz with and expect a, a huge increase. Now, there are more some quarterbacks out there that you might get better, more consistency out of, but are they going to be that talent that they can win you those games, they can take over those games and, and, win, and win, win it with their arm? There's just not that many guys out there right now. Yeah. Hey, Tim, we agree. We, we don't see a, a many options either. Um, I, I, I don't know what we would do. And Tyler, I, I, th- I think I'd like, uh, Brian Flores as a defensive coordinator. I'd be happy to bring him, uh, on as a coordinator, Uh big fan of that idea, but not firing Frank. They're not going to fire Frank. It, it's just not going to happen. That's not going to happen. Um, listen, here's the thing with Ballard. I mean, what I'm upset about, and, and maybe this is better talk for the end, probably, you know, anything else that sticks out. So, Never mind. I'll wait. Um, <laughs> there were comments about just needing to be better um, in the passing game and the pass and rushing the passer. 
Uh, we talked a lot about rushing, r- rushing the passer, um, especially in recent weeks against Carr and Trevor Lawrence. Um, and obviously the passing game. And I mean, that, that it, it, as when season is, is always hounding, it's not just Carson. It's not just Carson. We need another mm-hmm. receiver, in my opinion. I th- and it, I think it's also, you know, really difficult to just go find a receiver. You know, it's not that easy to find a guy. Um, what do you think about his comments on the passing game and the pass rush? Russell, by the I way, mean, hold on, hold on. I saw the dumbest tweet I could have seen all, all year. Uh, trade Carson to the Texans for and a second and a third for uh, Deshaun Watson. Please delete your Twitter account. I don't understand. Russell Wilson ain't coming to Indianapolis. Aaron Rodgers ain't coming to Indianapolis. And it's not because of the team, but those guys don't want to be in Indianapolis. Those guys want to go somewhere big. Russ, I, I wouldn't be shocked if Russell Wilson ended up in New York. Russell Wilson has a no trade clause in his contract, so he would have to waive that go to it to be traded in the first place and i don't think he's waiving his no trade clause to go to indianapolis i think if he does it's going to be to go to new york where he's in a big market with his celebrity wife or he's going to go to sean payton and the saints which is another it's not necessarily a big market in, in new orleans but you've right. got an offensive genius down there so i don't that russell wilson is not waiving his no trade clause to come to indiana that's that's just a fact yeah but yeah, the, the, I mean, he was spot on. He said the passing game needs to be better and, and the pass rush needs to be better. This is a passing league. And, and we could talk about Jonathan Taylor all we want. And we're not taking anything away from Jonathan Taylor. He is incredible. The best running back in the league. And he proved that this year. But at the same time, the teams that are winning the Super Bowls aren't the the teams with the Derrick Henrys, the the Dalvin Cooks, the uh, Le'Veon Bells. Le'Veon Bells, the Joe Mixons, those you need. It's a passing league. It's just a fact. You need to have a quarterback to win a Super Bowl. I mean, you think of the last Super Bowl winners. I mean, when was the last time a non-elite quarterback won the Super Bowl? Uh, I I mean, we can't count Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco's elite. Joe Flacco is elite. (laughs) It's it's hard to think about. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady. uh, You think of... Aaron Rodgers, Nick Foles, uh, elite Nick. I mean Nick Foles, but so I mean that that kind of ruins my whole argument because Frank Reich was on that team. But you get what I mean. You you need a quarterback to to win in this league, and not only that, you need weapons for the quarterback to throw to. Yes, Michael Pittman Jr. has ascended and has become a number one wide receiver in this league. I feel, but when you have everybody going over to to the side with Michael Pittman. You have then who who else do you have to go to? Zach Pascal. I mean, Zach Power three wide two. Paris Campbell can't stay healthy. T. Y. Hilton. We probably have seen him. Hey, play Paris his Campbell last made game. it through a game. He made it through a game. Wow, that's yeah, game. his. That's his fifteenth. Fifteenth in three years. And then the thing is too, as far as free agency goes at the wide receiver position. I don't know if the Colts are really going to make a move because it doesn't seem like Ballard puts such about a premium on the wide receiver position, especially in free agency, because you're going to have to pay a lot of money for these guys. Could I see, could I see someone going over or could I see the Colts drafting a wide receiver in the second round? 
Absolutely. I could. And, and pairing them with, with Michael Pittman. And then that's how they go. Absolutely. But I don't think free agency wise, the Colts will go after a wide receiver. I do think that they, that they do want to get more veteran pass rushers on this team. I mean, they talked about Quiddy pay coming on and I think Quiddy pay is going to be a very good player. Dio Dangbo. I like to see him with a full off season health and then him getting more playing time. I, I have high hopes for him, but then you talk about, how Taekwon Lewis Ballard mentioned him Ballard mentioned Kamoko Ture. He said, we second round picks, we need more production. And then he said, it's on him because he didn't get all eight of those guys out there. So I, I don't understand, or I, I don't see the Colts really going crazy in free agency on a wide receiver per se, but I do think the Colts will be on the hunt to add more veteran pass rush presence and more veteran talent to this pass rush group. So they have a more consistent and, and a better eight to go forward. <laughs> oh, I love the internet. That's hilarious. Rock <laughs> just had rock just had the best season of his career on uh, Quiddy pay is a rookie who has done nothing but get better each game. Maybe minus the pod, last two. For the pod listeners, uh, Stats Matt said, I was told Quiddy and Rock both need to be cut over the last couple of days. So, yeah, I think Quiddy has established himself as a as someone that the Colts are trying to build around. And Rocky Sin took that next step to be one of our outside cornerbacks for the foreseeable future. Well, and he said, I mean, Chris Ballard said exactly what you just said. I think uh, Quiddy Pay's got a chance to be really good. And he just said straight up, like, Rock played phenomenal football this year. Uh, mm-hmm. He's really excited about Blackman, you know, so the problem, I don't think the problems on that route. Now, Quiddy pay is in, in the line of people who you, you already paid, you know, you already paid Grove. You're right. We've already yeah, paid. But, yeah. But huge. Grover Stewart's Grover Stewart's not making huge money. No. I mean, he's making 10, but Buckner 10 is. a year. Buckner's, but Buckner's one of the best players in the league. He's That's worth right. 20, 22, 21 million a year. Right. Average. And I understand their tackles and nobody's Aaron Donald, but I mean, those guys should be influencing the pass rush a little bit more. Those guys should be relieving pressure from these young guys on the edge. Um, so, yeah, I think adding another veteran presence, I, I mean, he Ballard basically told us, I'll get somebody in the offseason uh, to add veteran presence. That's the vibe I got off of his comments there. Right. And I think, I think it's, it's almost a little bit of the opposite. I think these guys on the edge need to get better and we need to have more pass rush off the edge. So it takes away from the double teams that DeForest Buckner is receiving and all the attention because DeForest Buckner as an interior lineman, I mean, yeah, he's a phenomenal player easily, easily top three middle or defensive tackle in this league. But, D, but I don't think if you want to be successful guys. like that, he can't take three guys. But DeForest Buckner, again, led the Colts in sacks with seven this year. And yeah. he had nine and a half last year. DeForest Buckner from that interior lineman spot should not be leading your your no. team in sacks. You need to have Quiddy Pay start to start, and start to come on. And I think he did because after week well, 10, once he got once he started getting once he got that first sack, Quiddy Pay led the team in sacks. So it's it's starting to come together. We saw flashes from Dio Dangbo, but you got to remember he's coming back from an Achilles injury. Number one, number two, he's trying to get still acclimated to the league. So it's going to take him some time. That's mm-hmm. why 
with pass rushers, you you always you tend to see this. It's from that either the first year to the second year, or from that second year to the third year. You see a huge jump in production because the game slows down for them. They're able to hone in on their skills, create more of a pan, a plan when they go through the pass rush, and that's when they're able to attack the offensive lineman. Well, and I'm not saying that those guys on the edge shouldn't take away attention from, you know, the guys in the middle. I'm saying the fact that the guys in the middle are take currently taking up all the attention mm-hmm. guys on the edge should not be struggling so much. Uh, and, and that's Quiddy pay included. But again, rookie, you know, we've got Odang Odang bro. Uh, you know, he, he's young I, and I'm excited about him having another full off season as well. Um, but I do think I, I would predict uh, we're going to see somebody, um, in there, uh, you know, from in, during during this free agency period, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we get a veteran presence. Hot take: I do think Tyquan Lewis gets re-signed. I think he gets a maybe a one-year prove-it deal coming off that injury. I think Tyquan Lewis is back with this team next year. What about this one? Uh, rumor is they want to Ray back on a cheap one-year prove-it deal. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. I guess. But I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm cert- I certainly think they will offer to Ray. Uh, it'll just depend on the market because I'm sure there are other teams out there that see his pass rushing skill set, and, and if so, another team goes there and offers him more money or a bigger role on the team, I'm sure he'll he would probably think about that and probably take that. But but yeah, I think the Colts would like to have Teray back as a situational pass rusher because even in his situational pass rush role. He only had, I mean, he had five and a half sacks this year. So you could see him finally have a more healthier year and, and start to put pressure on, on opposing quarterbacks. Uh, well, according to my Madden simulations, Teray is eventually going to be a Carolina Panther. So we'll see what happens there. Um, so Chris was pretty upfront about... Uh, positions he's interested in upgrading straight up and left tackle is obviously one of them he tried acting like Eric Fisher is still going to be on this football team next year no he's not see I didn't get that vibe I got the vibe no I know what he said I think he I think he was full of shit I I got the vibe Eric Fisher was gone and I, I think he said that I mean, well, while he came back from the injury and he did have some some moments where he played well, I mean, I think the writing was on the wall when he was benched against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And and they even said he even said later yeah. in the press conference that he thought Matt Pryor had a chance to to possibly be a, a short term solution. And obviously, if he plays phenomenally, he could be a long term solution. But here's the quote about the yeah. left tackle position. Ballard said the left tackle is what the left tackle is. We short term fixed it. We still have to be looking for a long term solution here. And we have to short if we have to short term fix again because the long term solution doesn't show up. That's what we'll do. So again, I don't think the Colts are going to force it with the left tackle. I right. think they are going to re-sign Matt Pryor and bring him back. So and, and honestly, I I think that's a great move because Matt Pryor showed that he could be a serviceable left tackle. Do you want him to be your left tackle in the future? Probably no. not. You want to get someone better in there, but I I just don't see the Colts going after and putting a bunch of money for a a short-term fix at left tackle. If they're going to have a short-term fix at left tackle, it's going to be someone like Matt Pryor, maybe someone like like Riley Reef that's out there. Um, I saw some people talk about uh, Taron Armstead from the Saints if they don't retain him. I'm sure that would be a pricey deal. Uh, 
but but we'll just have to see. And and again, with the Colts not having a first round pick in this draft because of the Wentz trade, it, it's going to be interesting to see how the draft board falls because I think there are some pretty good left are pretty good tackle prospects that the Colts could possibly get in the middle of the second round. I could but not again, go through just, another draft analysis about left tackles again. You want to talk about the most <laughs> boring positions to break down? But it's one of the line. one of the most important positions in all of football. I'm so, aware. So that I mean, obviously, he wants they want to upgrade the left tackle, and they are in search. Again, I don't think Eric Fisher is back with this team, and I think he kind of made that clear in his presser without just coming back, coming out and saying it. And then here's one that I 100% agree with. He said the tight end position needs work. He said depending on what Jack does, because Jack Doyle could retire after this season, um, he said that that's still in play. Um, but Mo Ali Cox, his contract is up. He'll be a free agent. And he said we like Mo. We'd like to get Mo back. Yeah. And then we've got a young kid in Kylan who we thought showed some things, and he'll continue to grow. So obviously they want to. They probably want to get Mo Ali Cox back. Again, it's going to depend on the money. They're not going to overpay for Mo Ali Cox, nor should yeah. they. He's Mo Ali Cox isn't an All Pro tight end. Here's here's a place that I think the Colts might actually dive into free agency because I was looking earlier today and one name stuck out to me that doesn't necessarily have won't necessarily stay with his team that he's currently on but he'd be a, a perfect vertical threat and a good receiving option in this Colts offense a guy that Frank Wright could really use and it's Hayden Hurst of the Atlanta Falcons Ooh, Kyle, I liked Kyle him a Pitts, couple years ago. Kyle Pitts has pretty much taken over there. And and Hayden yeah. Hurst, had, I mean, he was up there a couple years ago in in touchdown grabs there, there in Atlanta. So Hayden Hurst, that athletic receiving tight end option, possibly come on over to the Colts and then help fill younger that than role. Zach with, Ertz, I believe. Younger, younger than Zach Ertz, a little bit more athletic. Who knows? But I just the way when he says that the tight end position needs work, that's big because I mean he went through and he said the wide receiver position we like the young guys. He said obviously they like their running backs. We like our linebackers. Uh, we need to get eight on the, along the defensive line. He said they they're always looking for cornerbacks, but they feel Rock took a step. Isaiah Rogers grew up. Kenny Moore is a Pro Bowler. He talked glowingly of Julian Blackman. But he really he made he went, made a point to say that tight end needs some help and it needs some work. That's why I think if the Colts do splurge on a weapon in the in free agency, very well could be at the tight end position. Zach Ertz isn't a bad idea. Seven hard seven hundred yards between the Eagles and the Cardinals. Um, but once he's what, how can we upgrade if t- uh, tight end if Jack and Mac come back? Well, they don't both have to come back, and I didn't. I know Frank it wasn't or Chris wasn't really going to comment on it, but I wouldn't be a hundred percent shocked if Jack wasn't back. It almost uh, it almost seems like it's leaning that way. That, yeah. I mean, to me personally, and again, I don't know any insider information on this, but it seems like Jack Doyle and T. Y. Hilton will probably retire this offseason. Yeah, um, it would it wouldn't shock me. T. Y. Especially, uh, he didn't talk to the media much. Uh, he lied right to the media when they said, did you think about the fact that this could be your last uh, time walking through that tunnel? No, I haven't thought. Yeah, well, yeah, he did. He thought about that on his way out for sure. 
Yeah. Um, and the thing is, if, if Jack Doyle does come back, I would welcome it because Jack Doyle is phenomenal in the blocking game. Yeah. There were so many times watching the film this year where the, there was big holes opening up and it wasn't necessarily Quentin Nelson or Ryan Kelly. It was Jack Doyle opening up that hole. So uh, he's a huge part of what this offense wants to be. Yeah. Um, did you get the vibe that there was anything else uh, specifically that he wanted to upgrade? I, I don't think he mentioned anything specific. I mean, besides besides the quarterback position, but we've talked about talked the kicking about position that. a little bit. What do you get on the yeah, kicking he, position? I, for me, I think it's going to probably be a battle going into training camp again. again. It's going to be hot rod and it's going to be Batchley. And whoever comes out on top, whoever can consistently strike the ball, whoever can make it from long distance, I think that's who it's going to be. They said they like Rod and they like his upside. And he he said that Batchley, while he he had a good year, it wasn't elite. And I think the yeah. Colts want to, ha- want to have a kicker where when everything's on the line, they can trust it. And, well, and I don't know if they're there with Badgley yet, but I, I, I think it'll end up being a battle come training camp. And I think him and Frank love kicker competitions in camp. I think, and and I've, you know, he says the thing about Badgley that that's a perfect setup. Perfect setup for a, a battle going into camp. Uh, so those two got to work hard. Um, that, that position, you've got to try to create as much imaginary pressure as you possibly can um, to get the best out of a kicking con- competition. So I hope, mm-hmm. uh, I hope uh, Hot Rod's able to work on the strength and, 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 you know, kicking those balls a little farther this year because I think he's able to pull it off. Um, Frank Reich. Ballard's a hundred percent confident in Frank Reich. Do you, did Absolutely. he mean it? I think so. Are you a hundred percent confident in Frank Reich? A hundred percent. I I really don't know if there's any other coach I'd want out there. I mean, this that's that's not taken. Who else, who else would like people? I see people comment all the time and complain like fire Frank Reich. This isn't working out. Who would you rather have as as your, as your leader and as a, as a leader of men, a guy that, that this team respects the hell out of a a guy that this team goes to war for and really battles something that stood out to me. and, and, And since you didn't watch hard knocks, it may not, you, you didn't see it obviously, but but what happened after that loss in Jacksonville? Frank Reich stood outside the locker room, and as everyone came, as each player came in, he gave them a hug, shook their hands. Quentin Nelson gives him a hug, and and was just caught on the live mic. He goes, "Sorry, coach." Like they felt bad. They felt they left Frank Reich down more than yeah. anything else. And seeing that their faces in the locker room as Frank Reich is talking, I mean, obviously they just had that loss. But but to see those guys, they really felt bad that they let Frank Reich down. And yeah. and this is. It's just not – you don't just fire a head coach and bring somebody in this. Again, this isn't Madden. This, yeah, isn't, bad fantasy, this isn't fantasy football. You don't just fire your, your coach after one year. Look what the Texans did. This team was playing hard for David Cully, and then he just gets the ax today because of their idiotic ownership and general manager. That's not what the good organizations do. And when you have a guy in Frank Reich that, that – I, I know Carson Wentz didn't light the world on fire – but this is his fourth year with a fourth different starting quarterback. He made Jacoby Brissett look like a viable starter in this league. Yeah. How many coaches could do that? And not and very Tyler, many. I'll tell you from uh, personal up close experience this year that he was not good on the Dolphins. No, not very many people can do that. And, and so you're thinking, well, the Colt, if the, when the Colts are in this such a, a perilous quarterback situation right now, 
do you really want anybody else leading that and, and, and trying to get yeah. a quarterback ready to play? I certainly don't. I don't think if the Colts hired Brian Flores that he'd be, I mean, look what happened with Tua. That certainly wasn't a good situation there. You want a guy that's going to develop a quarterback, especially when your quarterback situation is in such disarray and you have no clue what the long-term solution is. I mean, hell, he even did good things with Andrew Luck. I myself am completely behind Frank Reich. I think this is exactly who the Colts need. I mean, shoot, Frank Reich was getting coach of the year consideration towards the end of the year before the collapse. So I really don't understand why people think that Frank Reich should be fired. Real quick on this one, Andrew, changes the offseason program Chris mentioned. What What are we talking about here? I think it really bugged Chris Ballard that that the team wasn't in for the full OTAs, full offseason program. They were in for a couple weeks in, in May, no pads on, and it was very light practices. And then they had all of June off and up until training camp began in July. I think it was something that's going to be very – or it's going to be heavily on the minds of this Colts brass and the Colts leadership is they, they got to stop getting off to these slow starts. They can't. Yeah keep digging themselves in such a deep hole and having to climb their way out of it. It's exhausting just to have a shot at the playoffs. It is exhausting. I mean, and the, I think it's those games against Buffalo, the Patriots, Arizona. I mean, that took everything out of that team. I mean, and I, I think, think that's part why of the we reason. come out so flat. Yeah. It's part of the reason why it's not the whole reason, but it's certainly part of the reason why the Colts didn't play very well. The last two games, they've got to start out fast. And that includes off season programs. That includes guys staying healthy and training camp and being ready to go 100% full speed when it's, when it's time to go for the start of the season, it's, it's getting the guys the necessary reps in the preseason as well. You can't just go through the motions and expect to be ready. I mean, I know they did it in the COVID season, but everybody did when everybody's not on the same playing field and you're choosing whether to do it or not, it's going to hurt you. And I think that that really irked Chris Ballard. And he said today that we're going to have an off season. We're going to have OTAs. We're going to have mini camp. And if the people, pe- people don't want to show up fine, but the people that want to win, they'll be here. That's a big message to the, that Colts team. Two comments here could have won the division both years without a slow start. Would have easily won the division both years uh, without a slow start. Um, and when season saying the slow starts uh, because of Reich always starting over with a new QB, this is why we need Wentz to come back. Don't totally disagree with that. It definitely plays a factor. Um, it, there, there's no way you can be uh, – you could, you could say that's wrong. I mean, you can't sit there and say that comment's wrong, that's for sure. So um, need Wentz to come back. I don't know. I think it still makes the most sense in my mind because you know just because of the money situation and the way Chris Ballard is so good at handling the cap space and his team. But yeah, I mean the comments don't look good. Yeah, and like I said, I mean I at this point I I really don't don't know what what my what route I would take if I was in Chris Ballard's spot. But what I'm what I'm telling you guys and what I what I'm seeing what I, how I'm reading the tea leaves here is from the comments of Frank Reich and Jim Irsay and Chris Ballard, it just does not seem likely that that Carson Wentz will be the starter of this team come the start of the next season. And it, it, when they're when they're talking like this, it's kind of hard to to talk like this about your quarterback and then expect the locker room to really be behind him one hundred percent as well. Last thing, the thing that sticks out to me, Andrew, uh, you know, 
it doesn't it doesn't appear to be um you know no doubt in in chris's mind on on the process itself but you know what every year it's we're not a super bowl team yet we're not a super bowl team yet we're not a super bowl i didn't think we were ready when do at what point do you, are are we finally you know wh- how long does this go until we're ready because it's 5 years in the making now 4 years with the same head coach of course we you know he can toss out 2017 you know it happened though you know we have we got to draw a line somewhere and go some some accountability somewhere changes need to be made mm-hmm. something needs to be done because you can't just keep saying every, you know, you can't have your owner talking about we're going to win multiple championships before I die. And a GM that's saying, uh, which again, I, I love Chris Ballard. I'm no, in no way insinuating we got to toss Chris Ballard, but Chris Ballard, you know, he says, you got to be, you know, whatever you believe in the beginning, you got to stay true to what that is. Otherwise, do you believe in anything? Well, you need to adjust. We need, we need to be put in Super Bowl situations. We need to at least be a contender. And, and I think, I, I, I think one big thing solves that and it's getting the quarterback position right. And I, and, and I'm not going to fault Chris Ballard and Frank, right? I see a lot of people out there saying that, that they shouldn't have traded him, um, and, or that they should have held for Justin Fields. We've already talked about how that's an, an idiotic losing court comment. And, and the thing is, I, I don't fault Chris Ballard and Frank right for going out and get Carson Wentz. They, they, they tried, because they sure as heck weren't going to win with with Sam Ellinger or Jacob Eason or Jacoby Brissett. They went out and made the move. It, right now, it doesn't look like it's going to work out. I don't know if 2022 is going to be different with Wentz or if they get a different quarterback. Who knows, obviously, at this point. It's the second week of January. But I don't think this Colts team is going to be able to compete legitimately for a Super Bowl until they get the quarterback position correct. And that's just that's just 2022 in the NFL. It, yeah. it really is. Because when you think about who who are the main contenders for the Super Bowl this year, you've got Chiefs. The the Chiefs with Patrick Bills. Mahomes, the Bills with Josh Allen, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, Rams. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, Matthew Stafford and the Rams. All of these teams have very good quarterbacks. And then you see these young Cardinals. quarterbacks coming up. Justin Herbert who the even even with Justin Herbert the the Chargers didn't make the playoffs but then Joe Burrow like Mac Jones looks like he's going to be a, a a pretty good quarterback Ryan Tannehill I mean you can bash Ryan Tannehill all you want the dude makes plays I mean he makes he plays winning football when he has to you got to have a good quarterback to compete in this league when your quarterback isn't playing will you Chris Ballard even said it wait, let me find There's this only one here. bad quarterback in the playoffs this year Who's that Okay, two, if you consider Big Ben bad now. Uh, Jimmy G. Two Jimmy okay G quarterbacks and, in the yeah. playoffs. And Jimmy G, I mean, he even took a he even took a team to the Super Bowl. So he's not yeah. I mean, he's obviously not terrible Kyle when he's Shanahan playing when he's playing. Eh, well, yeah. Well the thing is Kyle Shanahan has a losing record without Jimmy G. So but but Fair anyways, enough. you just you just have to have you got to be solid at the quarterback position. You have to have consistency at the quarterback position. And if you don't, this team's not going to compete. So you know what else you got to do? Until they figure that out, it's not going to happen, I don't think. You know what else you got to do? We got to move it along. Uh, <laughs> Jonathan Taylor nominated for 2021 FedEx Ground Player of the Week Award. Jonathan Taylor, another announcement, is going to win that award. You, did you say player of the week? Because it's player of the year. Player of the year. Sorry. He's yeah, not going to win that award. 
Uh, okay, yeah, he's going to win that award. That's enough on that. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of <laughs> like the last two games that he rushed for 100. We're like, yeah, Jonathan Taylor rushed for 100. Um, not the last <laughs> game, but the last two that he did. Um, Bears have requested, and we'll just tie these two together, to interview Colts defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus for the vacant head coaching position and assistant GM Ed Dodds and director of college scouting Morocco Brown for their vacant GM position. Uh, you got to, in my opinion, you got to hire a GM before you hire a head coach. Why, why are you interviewing head coaches already? Hire your GM and let him hire your, or interview your head coaches. Hello. That, that, that seems, that seems the, as the right way to do it. But I mean, it's the Chicago bears. Uh, but I mean, Hey, especially Ed Dodds and Morocco Brown, those two are all stars. And both, yeah. I think, I mean, Ed Dodds has been getting interviews for the past couple of years for GM spots. And he's been, he's been very choosy about that. And I think Morocco Brown is going to do a phenomenal job as a GM in this league. Well, I'm sure Chris Ballard said good things, has said good things to those gentlemen about oh, yeah. the Bears organization as a whole. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and on Matt Eberflus, say what you want about the guy, and trust me, we have said some shit this year. I was ready to give <laughs> up on Matt Eberflus at one point. But, it, I mean, Chris was right today. Two seasons, I think, in a row, top 10 in points allowed. Well, something I found inter- interesting, and we won't get into it too deep, but but he did talk about how the completion percentage and different things started to come down when the Colts started playing more man to man at the end of the year. And when you have guys like Rocky sin, who's a physical corner, Isaiah Rogers, who's pretty quick. We said, Matt Eberflus is looking into it. The Colts could be playing a lot more man to man here. Yeah. As, as if these young corners start to excel with it. I sure hope so. Um, wide receiver coach Mike grow has interviewed for the Panthers offensive coordinator position. Careful pal. Tread lightly. <laughs> See, Mike Groh was the uh, the offensive coordinator for the Eagles in Carson Wentz's last year there. So he has some experience as an OC. Okay, interesting. Uh, go on. Let's let's go on to our next topic here. The pick'em standings for 2021, Brandon. I'm trying to find, who won? I'm trying to find. There it is. Uh, so Andrew beat nah, me hey, by yeah, one yeah. game. Uh, in the final pick'em standings, 170 to 169. Uh, we both had over 100 losses, uh, 101 and 102, 63 and 62%, right? That's a lot closer than we were last year. I smacked the shit out of you last year. So, um, well, hey, good for you. I won, I won fantasy. I won Congrats. the fantasy. Thank you. You lost the fantasy championship. I won the fantasy championship last year. You lost. You won, and, and you won the pick'em standings. I win pick'em standings this year. You won the fantasy, so it evens out. Looks like our running back coach is interviewing for some positions as well. I have not seen that, but Matt I hope the Colts just saw it. I, I hope the Colts do not lose Scotty Montgomery. I think he's a great coach. Agree. Or Bubba. Don't want to lose Bubba. Do not want to lose Bubba. I Ventrum. do want hard knocks every year, just the Colts. <laughs> what if that what if teams just start doing that like indianapolis colts films you know just start doing that but all right we don't have time to shit around with that uh so we got the raiders at the Bengals uh this weekend andrew who you got uh i think i think the the run is going to come to an end for the las vegas raiders I, i'm going with the with the cincinnati Bengals, joe burrow joe mixon Jamar Chase, 
T Higgins, just an electric young offense. And, and I really, they're at home, they're outside. I think this offense is just going to be too much for that Raiders defense. I'm going to go Bengals. Joe, uh, Joe Mixon, third most rushing yards in the league. Thought he was second. No, it was Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor after contact, Joe Mixon. <laughs> and that gap was still quite large. Uh, no, People he's a good running that. back. Uh, I'm with you. Cool Joe Burrow's getting his first playoff win. Um, I don't know what the bracket looks like because I've just not been in the mood for football this week so far, and I've been very busy as well. So I don't know what it looks like for the Bengals to get to the to the, to the the AFC Championship or even the Super Bowl, but the way they beat the Chiefs, they could do anything this off in, in these playoffs. So we'll have to see. But, yeah, Raiders are going down. Uh Raiders, good. <laughs> Boy, that was the most annoying shit to a couple weeks ago. Uh, Patriots versus Bills. Andrew, I like the Patriots going into Buffalo and getting a victory. I don't see Bill Belichick losing two out of three to the Bills. See, I I, I like that, but I don't like Mac Joe. I don't like a rookie quarterback. It is going into Buffalo to win a playoff game, and the Buffalo Bills put it on the Patriots. Yeah in in new england last time so i'm i'm gonna go with the bills uh i i do think that, that josh allen will will lead him to victory and i i think the bills are just are they're starting to finally hit their stride yeah i mean don't get me wrong i don't think it's you know a gimme by any means but bill belichick's gonna put up a good fight and i don't want to agree with you on every game anyway uh <laughs> 49ers i'm sorry eagles heading to tampa bay Nick Sirianni, man, you got a hard one for your first playoff matchup. I'm going with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, I just, I don't think the Eagles are going to be able to keep up with them. Now the Buccaneers do have a lot of injuries. That is true. And no Antonio but, Brown. And and no Antonio Brown. But at the same time, the Eagles thrive on the running game. Yeah. Buccaneers have a very, very tough run defense. So I'm going to go Bucks. I think the Eagles running game because of Jalen Hurts is a little more unique. Uh, I don't remember if the Bucks played the Cardinals this year. I'd be interested to see if they did, how Kyler Murray did. I really don't know off the top of my head, but um, yeah, I, j I think the Bucks defense is going to be too much. If the Eagles have beaten the Cowboys last week, which I don't think they played everybody. Oh God, this is tough. I'm going with the Bucks because it's Tom freaking Brady. Uh, Eagles cover Bucks win. That's not a bad call, Matt. I think I like that call because Eagles are, or Bucks are minus nine and a half. I, I think I'll go with that. Bucks stomped, stomped Eagles in regular season. That was probably early though. That was they're a little different now, but we'll see. Uh, Steelers, 49ers, sorry, 49ers uh, at Cowboys. I think I like the 49ers in this. Oh, see, I'm going boys. I'm going Cowboys at home. I think that the Dak and this group are, are going to be ready to go. And I've seen the 49ers play in person. I, I know. I know they're a different team. I know Debo Samuel is hard to stop, but I, I like the Cowboys in this one. All right. Uh, Steelers versus Chiefs. I think we're both going to head right on over to the Chiefs on this one. Yeah. Ben Roethlisberger has been getting lucky with his uh, continuing to play. And he said, hey, we're we're not supposed to beat him, so we'll just go in there and have fun. But I, I think the Chiefs will take care of business. Stats, Matt, likes the Niners. Um, let's see here. We've got 
Final game, Monday night. Is this the first Monday night game of the playoffs on ESPN ever? It is. Hey, oh, and I'll be here with Rams fan Chris Obendorf uh, watching his <laughs> team, cheering for his team against the Cardinals. Uh, I'm going Rams just because that's who I want to win. Yeah, I'm going to go Rams as well. Um, the Cardinals, without DeAndre Hopkins, I just they're they're just a completely different team. And yeah. as long as Matthew Stafford doesn't throw the game but away, hey, by the way, I think the Rams will win. JJ freaking Watt, what a freak he's, of nature! He's not human. So this man tore his bicep, tore his pec, and he's might be playing. It was it was this and season, labor, and he I might thought. be playing for the might be playing for the playoffs. Just absurd. I thought he tore his labrum too. Maybe unbelievable. Um. Yeah, good point, Matt. All right, uh, that's it. Hey, real quick though, I want the Bengals, I want the Bills, I want the Eagles, I want the Niners, I want the Chiefs, and I want the Rams. <laughs> so, in other words, I just want the Bucks and the Patriots to lose. All my other picks are the teams I want to win too. Right. All right, moving along here. Uh, news around the league. I lost my mouse. I'm all whopper jawed in this new setup right here at my buddies. Uh, let's see here. Bears fire head coach Matt Nagy after four seasons and two playoff appearances, 34 and 31 record. Bears also fire GM Ryan Pace after seven seasons. About damn time. Good move. I'm never a fan of Matt Nagy, especially how he just threw his players under the bus in the media. Seemed like he never took responsibility for, for how his teams were playing. And that's just not how you do it as a head coach. So also good, good who wears a visor when they're bald, who wears a visor? First of all, unless you're a woman <laughs> tennis player or a golfer. <laughs> but when you're bald, the circle, hello? Anyway, Make yeah, sure you put some coach. SPF 50 on there. Oh, shit. Um, Dolphins fire head coach Brian Flores after three seasons, 24 and 25 record, no playoff appearances. Uh, it's also the first time a, team, a Dolphins team has had two back-to-back -back winning seasons uh, in years and years and years. Uh, dumbest move by any team this offseason thus far. And I don't see uh, anything getting dumber than that. I don't, I don't think that Brian Flores will be unemployed for very long. I think he will probably be a head coach next year with one of these teams that has an opening. If not, he'll surely find a defensive coordinator position somewhere. Easily. Now, this one was one we weren't sure about. Uh, Vikings fire head coach Mike Zimmer after eight seasons, 72 and 56 and one record. Missed playoffs the last two seasons. They also fire GM Rick Spielman after 10 seasons. Vikings just were were over the over the mediocrity and and they they're ready to win and I think he, Mike's they're just I think Mike's they have a team just, to do it. They they've got some talent. I mean, there are some areas that they need to improve on, sure, but but uh, they shouldn't be playing and and with how many one score games they were in and how many losses they had in those one score games, you got to change something up. And I think Mike Zimmer just kind of got stale in Minnesota. It's time for a change. Uh, looks like Matt saying that Brian Flores and Tua had it out, had a big, had a big fight, says he wish he could have drafted Mac. Hey, guess what? He's right. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's true. Tua stinks. So, um, Giants fire head coach Joe Judge after giving, after going two seasons, 10 and 23 record. I mean, just terrible. Uh, Giants GM Dave Gettleman conveniently announces his retirement. <laughs> They, they got to get things changed around. And I mean, I had been calling for it for, for weeks now, clean house there at, for the New York yeah. giants. I mean, 
it, it it's time to actually hire some competent people in there and actually rebuild this franchise from the ground up. I, I mean, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they even traded Saquon Barkley at this point. So it's the it, it, complete rebuild is needed there in New York. Uh, Texans fire head coach, David Coley after one season went four and 13. You hate this move, but I kind of felt like Coley was a, a bandaid in the first place. Which kind of sucks. If you're going to do that, don't hire the guy. I mean, yeah. I mean I'm mean, i sure the, the Texans owe him now $22 million just still from, from, that, from being fired. So he's certainly going to make it to the bank all right. But at the same time, like, those players played hard for him. Uh, with, with not very much talent, he was, a, he was st- still able to make an impact. Stats Matt with a good one. Finish up. <laughs> Stats Matt says Giants haven't brought an outside person to be GM since the GM that hired Parcells. Very interesting. And you look, they had success there. So maybe maybe they should, they should think about it. But anyways, yeah, I don't think it was a good move. Again, this Texans franchise is just makes dumb move after dumb move. Yeah, Stats Matt agreed with me there too. Uh, Jets and Lions coaching staff announced as coaches for the Senior Bowl. Whoop-de-doo. A couple of really uh, high-energy defensive head coaches, though. Um, gonna I don't see, hate uh, Going to see Dan Campbell telling some college kids to go bite kneecaps off. That's That'll awesome. be interesting. Uh, Rams signed Eric, safety Eric Weddle, to their roster with the injury to Jordan Fuller. He's been retired since 2019. I like Eric Weddle. Eric Weddle was a hard hitter. Back yeah. when he played, I, I mean, I don't know if, if it'll be interesting to see how he plays since he's been out for two years. But I mean, the Rams needed to make a move for the playoffs here with their All Pro safety going out. So let's see if it makes an impact. Eric Weddle's gonna bring the pipe. Uh, <laughs> all right, hey, again, thanks everybody who listened Sunday uh, and since Sunday. Thanks for being here today. Uh, Stats Matt went season. Uh, oh shoot, now I can't think what what's. Uh, that guy's name is it mike 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 wazowski we had we had tim in here tim tim milliken tim milliken we had we had ben shout out to ben we had had tyler long time listeners thanks for you know being around all the time uh andrew and i kind of decided we're going to be uh probably a little fluid and flexible on recording nights uh, depending on the how, how the news breaks. But we'll probably be bringing you Wednesday or Thursday episodes uh, at least through the Super Bowl for a little consistency there. Um, looking forward to the playoffs. Go follow us uh, at a Colts podcast uh, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all the things. Like, subscribe, share with your friends. That's the most important. Go leave a review on Apple. And until next time, go Colts. Go Colts. Let this moment become a cherished memory. And then remember, a legacy is only worthwhile when there is a future to fuel. God bless you and God bless football.